Welcome to Bloody Mary, a podcast about horror movies, feminism, and sexuality. I'm your host, Chicago comic Kristen Lighty, and tonight we have with us Ashley Ray Harris. Hey, Ashley. Hey. Hey, Ashley is a very prominent writer here in Chicago. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, Yeah, I'm Ashley Ray Harris. I'm a freelance writer. I write about pop culture and the intersection of gender, sexuality, and race. You can find me on the AV Club, Vice, and I do a lot for the Chicago Reader. Uh, And I also just started a new website called thewildparty.club, which Mm. explores uh, sex and sexuality, feminism, and gender queerness. Uh, So that's what I do. Yes, I'm so excited for this site to launch. It's going to be fantastic. And uh, we should... Yeah, I'm going to cut that part out. I'm excited for this site to launch. I can't wait to read... Ah! (laughs) Okay, I edit a lot. Uh, I'm excited for the site to launch because I can't wait to read all these pieces that come in and let you know all about what's going on in Chicago's sexuality. It's going to be fun. Yeah, uh, we're always looking for contributors. So if you have a out there sex story, head Ooh. to thewildparty.club and send it on over. Yes, fantastic. Um, so I'm excited to have you on. I've always, like I met you a few months ago and I just really enjoy chatting with you whenever we cross paths. Um, so I'm really curious uh, to talk a little bit more about horror as a genre. And uh, what's the first horror movie you remember seeing? Candyman. Oh, man, yeah. that episode, that um, that movie's been popping up in every episode. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a big movie for a lot of girls, but for me, we did it at like a sleepover and we were all like, it's super scary and we're going to watch it and stand in a mirror and say his name three times. Uh, so it was kind of like a part of this weird girl growing up ritual. Mm-hmm. And I also thought that the Candyman was very attractive. Yes, I was he very was. into him. <laughs> Everyone and... wanted to be Helen a little bit. <laughs> exactly. I think that did inform a large part of my sexuality, and that's why I like all the wrong men now. <laughs> so. And you're a grad student for, uh, what is it, Urban Legends? Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. That's not real. <laughs> I wish so. No, I love watching Candyman because it's, um, you know, they work on the UIC campus, which I do too. So whenever I watch it, I'm like, oh, I know that building. And it <laughs> feels very uh, familial to me. Yeah. 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 So I'm curious, how do you feel about horror as a genre overall? I love horror movies. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely love them. I've always loved weird out there films. I started watching like John Waters at just too young of an age. You know, so by the time you're like 17 and really into movies, you're like, I need something harder. Yeah. Uh, so I, that that's where my love for it kind of came from. Uh, I used to watch a lot of like exploitation movies, uh, stuff like that. I just would be in weird live journal communities watching like weird links some dude from Russia would send me to tell me about some weird Russian horror movie with zombies I had to watch. Um, I love horror. I love feeling excited and nervous. I'm like the first person in, in the theater whenever there's a new horror movie out, even if I know it's going to be bad. I actually love seeing bad horror movies in the theater. Yes. I love that communal and collective, like, oh, moments that you have together. They're yeah. great. Oh, and when it's a good one? Oh, when mm. the one person, like, genuinely screams in the theater and everyone's just like, oh, don't worry, we're with you. We were afraid, too. Like, thank you. That was, yeah, you're feeling it for all oh, of us. Shit, I'm always that person, and I always, like, 
do this, like, oh, yeah. put my hands up, like, I'm going to stop it somehow. As much as I love horror movies, I will admit that I'm always the person who closes my eyes. <laughs> I'm the person who's just like, I'm, I'm just going to look away. I don't, I know what's going to happen. I don't need to see it happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do that too. I look at my phone a lot. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what's on Facebook? I just someone's getting try to distract myself. Yeah. That's natural. <laughs> Sweet. I love that you brought up the idea of Candyman and, uh, you know, like, saying it into the mirror at a slumber party because I feel like that's kind of a thing about horror when you're little is like this feeling that maybe you can invoke something yeah it kind of makes you feel powerful in it a does. weird way I like it that's why yeah I, that's kind of why I chose the name Bloody Mary because also like the double entendre with the <laughs> periods and all oh yes yes yeah, there's something about that. Uh, I think it's it's just magical. I think horror is maybe a cooler way than being like a witch mm. to like get into magic as a kid. If you're kind of just like, well, I could sit and like read a spell book or get really into astrology or something, but you know what? Actually, I'm just gonna believe in zombies and <laughs> vampires. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love it. All right, so uh, for us to talk about tonight, Ashley chose Sisters, which is the uh, 1972 Brian De Palma film, and it's the story of Grace the reporter who witnesses a brutal murder, which brings her into the life of uh, Dominique, Danielle, and Emile, and then it just all goes crazy. (laughs) So So I'm curious, uh, Ashley, why, why did you choose Sisters? I love this movie. Uh, it's one of the first horror movies that I watched. Uh, a friend recommended it to me as part of my kind of I need weird movies to watch phase. I didn't know much about Brian De Palma. I still really don't. But this movie was so weird. There's something about Siamese twins and mm. horror and the idea of losing autonomy over your body. Uh, and I think that's why we see Siamese twins as a figure in American horror so often. And it just really works here. It's terrifying. And also just the graphics are so weird. The just two red blood, the giant scar. Mm -hmm. I love this movie. Yeah, it definitely, like I was saying earlier, it had a very surreal feel to it in a lot of the, uh, the shots and the filming and the things that the director points you to, like the scars and, uh, the blood is very theatrical. Um, but like some of the themes that, okay, so like the very first scene <laughs> is the two main, or like two main characters, Philip and uh, Danielle, and they're on a game show, and it just, yes, like, they're on friend. a game show called <laughs> Peeping Tom. Yes. Uh, and this game show, which I wish was a real show in the world, <laughs> because it's pretty much like, they have people pretend to be blind and go into dressing rooms and like start taking their clothes off and then two strangers vote on whether the person watching will do the right thing. <laughs> and in this episode, it's a black man and then Danielle, who's a very lithe, beautiful white girl. And, you know, she has a French accent and she's blind and likes taking her clothes off. And he's standing there and the two people vote that he's just going to watch and like mm-hmm. be a gross peeping Tom. And then actually he like leaves the room. He does the right thing. Mm-hmm. He's a good gentleman. He's a stand-up guy. So he wins a prize, which is oh, a cutlery Jesus. set. No, he wins the gift certificate. Oh, actually. yes. He wins the gift certificate. And Danielle, because I don't know, she was blind, wins a cutlery set. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which in that moment, like in the first 
two minutes of the film is like, hey, I just met you and I am French and I won these knives. Want to sleep over? I'm totally not going to murder you yeah. with these knives. Oh, and also my creepy, weird ex-husband <laughs> is in the crowd. And also there's an amazing shot where they pan the crowd and everyone's cheering. And then you see the husband and he's just reading a book. <laughs> yes. But he's right in the front. And it's just like what producer let him sit in the front? He looks awful. Yeah. Also, like, as a comedian, uh, you've seen those fucking people yes. at your show. Like, I'm just banging on the table now. But, like, yeah, some person will be in the front row, like, sleeping or drunk or I don't know. Have yeah. you ever had that happen? Oh, absolutely. Oh. I've had a guy who's just writing in his notebook. And then he would just kind of, like, take a break to, like, read through a quote book. He was, like, doing a, a bit. He was he was a comedian, too. He was doing, like, a bit with quotes. And I was just like, dude, you're just going to sit in the front and work on your own set right now. Like, Get come on, just here. go to the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Philip, the main character who was on the game show, who did the right thing, uh, with his interaction with Danielle, I feel like they were really um, playing up that idea of the black man as a sexual predator. And, oh yeah, yeah, and you see like Emil coming, Doctor Husband, as we named him. <laughs> he comes to like try and defend Danielle and tell her she's not safe and she has to go with her. And like Danielle's like, mm, no. Yeah, Danielle's like, you know, leave me alone. You're not my husband. We're divorced. I want to stay. And it's very weird because this guy got a gift card to literally the, the African room, I think it's called, the club. So they, they go to this bar that is only black people and they're in the most stereotypical like African clothing. Like there's a band with drums and it's a jungle theme bar. And Danielle is just the one white person in there. So obviously when her husband comes in, everyone is paying attention. Everyone is just like, do we have a problem here? Do we need to take care of this guy? So it's this weird thing where they're definitely playing with this idea of the black man as a predator. But at every turn, Philip is a good guy who Mm -hmm. like gets the abusive ex-husband out of there and like you know, doesn't bring her to an unsafe spot. Like everything is, is fine. Everyone Mm -hmm. is kind of just like, we want to make sure she's okay. And at every turn, they're like making it clear that something bad is going to happen. Some sort of sexual trauma on -hmm. someone's part. But at the same time, they're like portraying him as this really good guy Mm -hmm. and just kind of being like, no, no, we we're, you know, if we're going to play with the stereotype that he's like a sexual predator as a black man, let's make him super nice. Let's literally have him declared not a peeping Tom. (laughs) Just from the get go, let's make it clear to everyone. He's not a creepy guy. Mm -hmm. But then in the end, he still, he still suffers. I think he's murdered for sleeping pretty much with a white woman. Mm -hmm. So he's still kind of, by society standards, by having like an inner, you know, interracial relations, he still suffers a pretty violent punishment. Yeah. And it comes at the hands of her, you know? Yes. Uh, which is like, maybe it was well, foreshadowing for this it last comes election. At, it comes at the hands <laughs> of Dominique. Oh yeah, Dominique, yes. Yes. I just kept thinking about like 53% of white women voted for Trump. Like we, exactly. <laughs> we it's all just, act like we're cool. And then we turn into Dominiques. <laughs> and then we turn into Dominiques. <laughs> and you stab someone literally in their penis and mouth. Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah. 
but also I think makes sense. And you had said something before about uh, stabbing in the mouth and genitals and that standing in for kind of the, the violence of rape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's interesting because we later find out in the movie that Dominique hated Emile, Danielle's husband, and Dan- and Emile would sedate her so that he could you know sleep with Danielle, uh, which I think would have to be a horrible experience for Dominique. Oh my God, yeah. So it's it's no surprise that when her sister <laughs> conjoined weird body connection twin has this uh, sexual moment with someone she she lashes out in anger. Mm-hmm. How awful would that be to have that burden? Like every time you have sex. <laughs> <laughs> every time you have sex, your sister feels it too. Oh, oh that would be awful. <laughs> and that, that scene where they show him drugging Dominique so he can have sex with Danielle with the room full of people watching. Yeah. Like, oof, that was uncomfortable it was incredible it's it's really a hard scene to watch Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of hard scenes to watch in this movie uh i think one of the and i want to go back because one of the weirdest scenes to me is is talking about kind of the punishment that this that philip has to face as a black man who sleeps with a white woman there's a scene where they're on the couch and they just start making out and it's pretty innocent like they're Mm -hmm. making out but the music is terrifying. Yes. It's like, this is the horror story. Oh no, he's on her. Oh no. Uh, and then it's revealed like her giant scar mm-hmm. uh, at the end of that. I was kind of laughing about that too, because sometimes when you're with a new partner and like, I have some body issues and like, it does feel like Me that too. sometimes. Like, okay, I'm going to take off my shirt. Yeah. Dun, dun, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I, I play the exact same song from Sisters, which is actually also a warning to men that in the morning I will kill them <laughs> after they bring me a birthday cake. Yeah, but I, you can bring a cake. I get so mad when he goes to get this birthday cake. So he wakes up in the morning and finds out that it's it's Danielle and Dominique's birthday and gets them a cake and then forces the poor baker lady to write their names. <laughs> Dominique is a very long name. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's that timing that, that you know, he doesn't get his the medication back to Danielle and that's what forces Dominique to come out. And... <laughs> I'm just like, why are you getting a cake? Why are you doing the most for this girl? Yeah. It's just like so representative of what a sweet guy. <laughs> just, like, yeah. I'll go get your medication and a cake. A cake. And I geez. just met you literally last night. <laughs> also, can we talk about those two cake decorators? Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like they must have known someone and they were like, where are your aunties? And we want to be in a movie. Yeah. So they get like this extra long scene with like long lines. Long lines. I feel like we know a lot about yeah. these women as I would, cake decorators. I would like to know how they're related to Brian De Palma. <laughs> it's his mom. <laughs> because they have a whole like cute bit with the reporter and they're like, oh, we read your column. Yeah. Oh. And it's just like an inspired choice in the film. I did love like the flashes of Grace's headlines of like why we call them pigs. Yeah. It's like, ooh, Grace. The introduction of Grace is one of my favorite scenes. Uh, Almost immediately, it's like, Grace, clearly there's a typewriter, so we know she's a nerd. Let's Mm -hmm. get that out of the way. And then along the wall are framed photos of her articles and the scene where they're just like, why we call them pigs. (laughs) The other, the unknown burrow, and all this like hard hitting Staten Island news. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really wonderful. And then 
we have that really cool split scene where we see Danielle trying to, you know, do her makeup and get rid of this body. And then we also see Grace getting ready for the, you know, to go over there and expose her. And she's like throwing on the cutest leather jacket Mm -hmm. that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And she goes over there. She runs into the police. uh, And I think those two scenes next to each other where we see just like, you know, there's obviously a lot in the film about the dichotomy of women. Mm-hmm. And in that split scene, I think you see just the hard hitting, pushing, edging, leather wearing grace. And then Danielle, who's literally like in silk in this all white apartment, mm-hmm. just, you know, murdered mm-hmm. someone. Yeah. Uh, what I love about that scene so much is like after she's murdered Philip and they're trying to clean it up. And she's like frazzling, and Emilia's like, "Go put on some makeup." <laughs> yeah, it's like everything has to be normal. Go put your makeup on. There's no one even there. He had no reason to suspect that anyone was gonna come over. But just for things to be normal, Danielle, please go put your face on so God, we can dispose of this body. Could you imagine if people saw you without makeup through the windows? Even. I also love when they're so they hide his body in the couch. And they're putting the cushions back on the couch. And Danielle's just like, which way does it even go? And she's just like, I can't even. And he just pushes her out of the way, Emil, doctor husband, and is just like, I'm a man. I'll put the cushions back on the couch the right way. I have that in my notes. Like, she's so delicate and like French. And I can't even put the couch cushion on by myself. It's just like such a gross representation. (laughs) Yeah. And then you have Grace who comes in and who's just like this clumsy, you know, like clearly old hag of a woman. They're trying to kind of portray her as she's alone and she's single. And Danielle even says that to her. She's like, oh, I know when you're a single woman, you get confused. And <laughs> get you, you watch horror movies and you get sad and you think you see murders. You're so lonely. And Grace is just like, what? <laughs> have you tried putting on makeup? Yeah. <laughs> and so Grace is just tearing her house apart. And she finds a clue. She finds the cake with mm-hmm. their names. And of course, she's going to the cops and she drops it because mm-hmm. she's such an angry, emotional woman who couldn't maintain her cool. In, in that character's moment, I felt so connected with her because like, I work in organized <laughs> labor. Uh, and like my first six years was at a union that was very like business unionism and like top-down. Um, it was a good old boys club, basically. And I found a lot of the women found their way in getting things done was to be a little flirty be oh, a little, yeah. you know uh kind of grease the wheels and allow the patriarchy to flourish in our workplace and um i was never like that you know I was always oh like, yeah I'm neither not, was i i'm not gonna be like that so <laughs> yeah. i really identified with grace in that scene in that they're like oh god this uppity bitch is <sighs> she's written a bunch of articles about us as cops yeah. that were bad, and now she wants us to come protect her. What the fuck? Yeah, and she's just like, do your jobs. Come yeah, on. Yeah. She literally just wants to do her job and do the right thing and, you know, kind of be the hero here. And these men just undercut her. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always the choice. Are you going to be a Danielle? Are you going to be a Grace? Ooh, Are you yeah. going to be a Jackie or a Marilyn? Mm. I will admit life has been a little difficult as a Grace. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy, and it's also not easy for Grace in the film. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It, uh, yeah. I love when the cops are just like, why don't you just go relax in your apartment, you sweet sweet thing? (laughs) (laughs) You've had a big day. Yeah, like, oh, big day. I don't know what kind of reporting you're trying to do. And then the whole conversation with her mom. 
Oh, God. Like, yeah. Mom talk. The- <laughs> <laughs> that scene just is so different from the rest of the movie that I love it just as a scene between a mother and a daughter mm-hmm. <laughs> where the mom's just like, so you're 25, which first of all, Grace so is 25. Old. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's 25 and her mom's just like, so you're really not married yet? You just, you're going to be single then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed the mom interaction a lot. It was just uh, like, they kept making allusions to like, well, it's Tuesday or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know what happens on Tuesday. What happens on Tuesday Why? where like her mom always meets with her. They throw in a lot about Grace's background there really quickly. Like her mom alludes to her having a diet pill addiction. <laughs> That's right. She's like, are you on diet pills again? <laughs> she hints that Grace has recently broken up with, an, with her editor, who I guess she was saying. And her mom's like oh, is it about your editor you were sleeping with? And she's like, I'm not talking about that. Mm. So in this weird way, again, just like they did with Philip, Grace is like at once pushing against these stereotypes of being the old hag, but then also they very much write it into her character where they're like, well, she was on diet pills Mm. and she did just go through a breakup. So maybe she is kind of crazy. Yeah. And I think like they were, I felt like the message of the film was like, it just sucks to be a woman overall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, even if you choose to be a Grace or you choose to be a, a Danielle, well, it sucks. It's just, it's not great. Mm-hmm. Ah, so Siamese twins. That's uh, Dominique and Danielle. Um, I've seen, it seems like there's a resurgence in interest in Siamese twins. Yeah. With American Horror Story bringing that back. Yeah. In the weird and horrible circus season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, I can't admit, I know there have been like a a couple or actually a bunch of cases of that in history, but I couldn't imagine living like that. Yeah. I think that's all, I think that's why it's such a a big thing in horror because it's, it's, it's this weird idea of losing autonomy over your body, but at the same time having even more strength in a weird way where a lot of times they have like psychic abilities because like their two brains are connected in a weird way. And in this, I guess you could kind of say like Dominique has this weird, crazy super strength because she like manages to stab a whole penis and mouth pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they do have this like weird psychic connection. Yeah. But it's also the idea of like, it's kind of just the Jekyll and Hyde type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you gotta imagine. I could imagine like Danielle feeling guilt because she was seen as the more like, like she was given favor because she was always seen as the more docile. Yeah, and the more feminine, and that's even playing out in her life without being attached to Dominique. Uh, so like that guilt of like benefiting from that arrangement i guess yeah would cause you to snap like you know getting your own sister killed yeah and yeah they don't particularly like specifically say it in the movie but in the movie they say it's a medical emergency and they have to like separate the twins uh but i think it's pretty clear emile is like oh i'll i'm just gonna kill dominique so danielle can survive Mm -hmm. uh so it's the idea of just really trying to kill off the the kind of outspoken woman and kind of the the negative angry sides of femininity 
Uh, but you can't. You can't yeah. kill it. It's just going to come back when you don't have your giant red pills. <laughs> Ooh, red pill, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the giant red pills that, like, Philip knocks in the sink that are just so big. It's like, how did he not notice? Yeah. Oh, Philip. Poor, poor Philip. Poor Philip. Um, Oh, also in the fact that Emil, Dr. Husband, was constantly, you know, trying to get Danielle all to himself so much so that it even killed Dominique. It's a really good metaphor for, like, what abusers do. Oh, yeah. Like, I've had so much... Okay, so, like, there's always that period when someone starts dating and they're, like, in love and, like, oh, I don't have friends anymore because I have to be with my partner 24-7. Yeah. Um, But (laughs) after that wears off, you know, your friends, most of your friends come back. But I feel like there's so much drive to push people into relationships that are just like, I spend all my time with my partner and I do nothing else and we are one together yeah. and we're slowly suffocating and each just other slowly to death. Suffo- yeah, exactly. And Emil has known Danielle and Dominique since they were children. Gross. They've grown up, which is yeah. just, yeah, disgusting. And I think it's, he just literally wants to take over her entire life and do everything for her and... I think it's interesting that in the film they're divorced because we never really get that story or understand why other than, you know, Dominique died. So most likely that had something to do with it. But somehow he's still coming to her shows and is like a manager or something uh, and giving her her medication. So he's still her doctor. But but somehow they're still divorced. Uh, So what, you know... Is that Danielle seeking agency? You know, we have the moment in the jungle African club where she stands up for herself and is kind of like, you know, I don't want to go with you. Please, I, I've tried to leave you alone for a year. But she's still under his spell, mm-hmm. which is uh, scary because he can apparently hypnotize women, which is what also happens with Grace. Ah, uh, yeah. And you know what is interesting? My coworker and I have been talking about this. Like sometimes there are these men that have that power yeah. over women and you're not sure what the hell is going on but it does feel like they've almost been hypnotized like hypnotized yeah just hypnotized by love or the dick <laughs> but they just they they can't they're in too deep they just can't see what's going on and i think that's really real in relationships and in this horror movie where it's reflected but i'm terrified of that i think that's mm-hmm. why i don't my relationships are very just like let's let's keep it surface level i don't want to get hypnotized yeah I mean um you know like as in my past life I was a poly person and I feel like I always liked that just because I had the space for myself really it wasn't so much about meeting other partners as it was always having a guaranteed space to do what I wanted to do because as a woman especially like when you start dating like uh, partners can be so overwhelming and part of it is intoxicating so you want it but then um you know like I found myself doing things for partners that like I became kind of a mom role and I've been in therapy a lot working on identifying those boundaries uh because I just became resentful you know yeah that's that's what happens and Mm -hmm. I, I think it also in kind of the same way like in those types of relationships again women are kind of forced into these two roles where it's like you're either going to be this person's like mom and take care of them and be in a relationship with them or they're just going to see you as like kind of, you know kind of like a slutty angry person who they don't have to take seriously and 
and I feel like it's just again like those those two choices so I just kind of try to keep things light mm-hmm. just try to not get forced into even having the conversation I'll just be a slutty angry mom I'll just be a slutty angry mom and you know yeah I'm also Polly and it's just like you know what if I just have a lot of options no one can ever try to pin me into being anything mm-hmm. yeah and um, you know recently I got divorced from my husband of uh, like oh man we were like 10 years I think and love him he's a great guy we divorced on great terms but like I just like living alone and living only for me is oh, so good. It's amazing. It's so good. It's amazing. <laughs> I I haven't had like a serious partner. I don't even know what it would be like to have a live-in partner and like for so and so long. I absolutely love just waking up and going, "What do I want to do today? Whatever mm-hmm. I want. What do I have planned this weekend? Whatever I want." Oh yeah. It is good. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny, too, because when I tried to explain that to my mom, she would just, like, hold her breath. Like, oh, yeah. she was waiting for, like, the breakdown at any moment. And like, no, yeah, I'm happy. And exactly. Like, okay. okay. <laughs> Much like Grace's mom in the movie. Yeah. Are you my mom, Yeah, again? my mom would just be like, are you on diet pills again? Is this about your dad? Do you have daddy issues? Is this what this is? And it's just like, no, mom, I just want to be cool and investigate murder mysteries in Staten Island. I gotta expose the pigs. We gotta get the pigs, mom. <laughs> There's bigger things out here. Mom's just don't I also understand. have to rock the coolest mullet. I mm. I wanted to give Grace's hair a shout out earlier, but I'm going to do it now because the the hair the hairstyle just this flowy weird mullet she has in the movie. It's good. It's very like Joan Jett. Yeah. I, I like it. You know. She she definitely I think in our modern age would be Polly and would value her personal space too. For sure. She had room for more typewriters. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the, one of the other big things in this movie, and I see it in a lot of movies, is like the the idea of mental illness as the the monster, you yeah, know, like the other. Uh, specifically in this film, there is a like assisted living facility for mentally insane people, where um, they can just like come and go as they want, and that's kind of causing a little controversy in the town. Yeah, um, honestly, I have never heard of this kind of facility. I don't know if it's like crazy out of nowhere or like if this is something that actually happens. Yeah. Uh, I've heard of facilities like this. Uh, and actually I have a brother who suffers from schizophrenia, uh, and some other mental disabilities. Uh, And he lived in a home like this. Generally it is for cases that are more manageable with, you know, just medication and, you know, weekly therapy. Uh, and it's people who mostly can like, live on their own and cook meals on their own and like live in a, in a place. And then there's like nurses who will kind of stop by and make sure everything's good and make sure they're going to their therapy. Uh, so that's real. But in the movie, they definitely make it sound like the most terrifying types of people are going to live there. I think the mom says something like it's supposed to be like family, you know, like real regular people or something like that. Uh, as though the people like who would be living here are, just the the most terrifying types of people in society like the most mentally ill weird cases um so there's definitely a link between that and horror with these people in this town being like oh no what are they gonna bring here what could this possibly be Mm -hmm. uh and it doesn't help that that dominique and danielle 
also come from a, a facility in Canada. Oh, that's right. I forgot they're Canadian. Yeah. French <laughs> oh, yeah. Canadian. Yeah, they're French. They're sexy Canadians. <laughs> like, Danielle and Dominique are so sexy. They couldn't even be just, like, a Canadians. They're sexy Canadians. Because somehow Brian De Palma had to work in, like, a lithe girl with a French accent. <laughs> Needs to be saved. <laughs> yeah. Aww. But they, they clearly, you know, live in a facility like this and... You know, pretty much Dominique is the monster of the film. She is the villain, except she's really not because we, you know, know that this kind of comes from a pain from where she grew up and all of these these processes she had to go to and literally being murdered mm-hmm. uh, by a man who would rape her and her sister. So it's again the movie just like wanting to question stereotypes, mm-hmm. but then at the same time it's like oh, well, Dominique and Danielle are crazy because they went to this mental institution. And, you know, maybe Grace also is crazy because she falls under the same spell and hypnotism of Emile. Uh, so she can't tell the truth anymore when people ask about the murder. Which is crazy. Uh, right? That, was, that scene... Uh, the end of the movie frustrates me to no end. Yeah. Uh, that we have Grace, this like powerful woman who uncovers the truth and does all the like dirty work. And then she just literally gets hypnotized by a man. Yeah. And forgets everything and just moves like back in with her mom and is like, oh, what? I never saw that. Yeah. And then we see the private detective who she hired to work with her, like watching the couch and trying to call her and be like, yo, the couch is here in Canada. Like the body's here. Yeah. Also, I love the fact that he went all the way to Canada to watch the couch yeah. come off and just sit on a train platform. <laughs> sit on a train pl- It's like, come on, dude. Like, call the local authorities or something. Yeah. Man, that that ending with Grace, though, I feel like maybe that's a metaphor for, like, we're all going to fall in love and be idiots. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I choose to believe because I'm terrified of love, and I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> so that I'll just turn into an idiot who is under some evil Dr. Husband spell. Dr. Husband. Dr. Husband. It's a bad man. (laughs) Yeah, that scene in the bedroom where they've drugged Grace and then they like, uh, what is it? Is it Danielle kills Emile or? Dominique comes back through Danielle. Okay. And kills Emil, and then Danielle like re-enters herself and wakes up and like sees that Emil is dead, and she's really sad about it because in a moment of clarity she did tell Emil like I did always love you, but every time I tried to be with you, Dominique would take over mm-hmm. uh, because Dominique hated this man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why they get divorced. Actually, I think there's the answer there is that she mm-hmm. divorces him to protect him, but then Emil can't stay away, uh, and of course. Dominique strikes again and kills him. And what I love about that scene is that they're just on Grace's legs. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then Grace wakes up. What the fuck? <laughs> like, what's going on here? Grace is just, and she just wakes up and is like, oh, you killed this dude. Okay. Jesus. Um, yeah, I did. I really, I think my favorite part of the movie was where, you know, Grace is at the facility and then you know starts talking to the people there asking them for help and then realizes that it is a mental health facility and like 
she's in trouble. Yeah. And like the nurses are telling her, or not Dr. Emil is like, oh, she's had a big day. She just yeah. needs to calm down. She's like, a new yeah, patient. Yeah, she's a patient. Um, uh, and that's actually something that popped up in American Horror Story 2 in Asylum. Yeah. With, um, what's her name? Uh, the reporter. Yeah. Um, she was imprisoned. Yeah, who was well. also imprisoned investigating the horrible conditions. I think there is something in horror where there's like this fear of being seen as mentally ill or, mm-hmm. or not being able to communicate with the world. Uh, which I think, you know, is true for, for the mentally ill in our society. We kind of just shove them off into the corners and we don't allow them to be heard. Uh, I, I think that's those that that's the most terrifying part of the movie for me mm-hmm. is when Grace is in there. I just instantly was like, you have to get out like they're going to drug you. No one's going to believe you anymore. Uh, somehow she loses all agency and credibility. Mm-hmm. I'm just nodding at Ashley this whole time. <laughs> yes. It's such a scary thought. It's like your entire personhood is taken from you. Yeah. And that's literally what happens to her. He tells her, you know, you never saw a murder. Everything that she, you know, came there for, this whole investigation, all of it's just gone. She doesn't remember any of it at the end of the movie. And you're just like, no, the body is there. The evidence is there. And you just, you don't know anything. Because of a man. Because of a man. (laughs) And now she's just going to live with her mom and, like, probably get married or something. And Some idiot. Nobody's going to be out there getting the pigs. Yeah. Got to get the scoop, Grace. Yeah. Uh, were there other scenes or themes that jumped out at you? Uh, I really love the scene in the beginning where Grace is starting her investigation and she goes to the newsroom and finds a guy who, like, investigated the twins before and mm-hmm. they show this news clip this like news clip video in black and white of like this old school mental institution and there's I just think the scene is hilarious because it's it's like Brian De Palma had a friend record it and was just like just shoot what you can and send it to me I'll, I'll just pop it in the film here's the gist of what I need because there's a priest in the movie in the news clip who's like just made like he doesn't look like a priest he's just kind of like uh, yeah, yeah, so, you know, we got uh, these uh, here Siamese twins here. And it's like, it's like he's just improv the whole scene. And I just absolutely love it because I feel like the, the news clip that explains everything is, mm-hmm. is used so thoroughly. And this is one of the most ridiculous and hilarious cases of it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting with them being on display as Siamese twins. It kind of feels like... A little bit of what it is like to be like a woman like you're constantly judged like I remember when I was a teenager not walking down certain streets in my hometown because like men would scream things so much yeah. at their cars and like it's just like a 14 year old kid you know yeah like, I'm not a spectacle for you to like judge to look at <laughs> yeah. and you know my body shouldn't be on display all the time and that's another interesting kind of difference I think between Danielle and Dominique Danielle wants to be a model and an actress so she clearly kind of enjoys doing that performance and putting her body on display in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Dominique is, she's literally portrayed as the actual opposite of Danielle. She has like black stringy yeah, hair. She kind of <laughs> looks like the lady from the ring. Yeah, she's like pale and is like, like she looks crooked, I think is how Grace describes her. Like she, she just mm-hmm. looked twisted. Uh, so clearly for her being on display isn't enjoyable or something that she wants. 
so it's it's just weird where Danielle at the end of the movie I think is really the only person who comes out sort of on top. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like she she played by the rules of the proper feminine. You know, she she loved the man. She was she, she was can't nice. Put the couch back she together. can't. She's just she can't put a couch back together. She like needs a man, and the cops show up, and she's just like, "I have never killed anyone. I don't know. I didn't do this. Look at my makeup." Yeah. <laughs> Throughout the entire movie, she's just constantly playing the police. Like when the cops come up with Grace to investigate her apartment, and she's just like, "I'm in lingerie. I just." Oh, I'm sorry, officers. And they're just like, oh, yeah, you know what? You're beautiful. We're sorry about this, like, sad old woman who wants to come into your apartment. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. We're so sorry, ma'am. Like, she says she saw blood, but, like, you're very pretty, so it's hard for us to believe. (laughs) And that happens, like, throughout the movie. Can I just say how much I also feel like that sometimes in the comedy scene? Like, uh, there'll be... Oh, yeah. So, like, sometimes in the comedy scene, you'll see, you know, attractive people, they get on stage and they are just applauded. And it's like, uh, <laughs> they didn't tell a joke. Yeah. Like, they just told you about their day. Their day. They just got up there and, like, told you about the time they went to a family reunion. Those weren't jokes. That was just a very bad and long story. They're but just hot. <laughs> they're just hot. <laughs> they're just hot. That's why I do all my comedy at Kohl's. Yeah. We're all just homely people (laughs) trying to make everyone laugh. My favorite is uh, after shows, sometimes women will always be like, you're so funny. You're just like Melissa McCarthy. And I'm like, yeah, we're both fat. And then they're like, "Ah!" they just like run away. (laughs) I've never seen Melissa McCarthy stand up. I don't think she does stand up. I don't think she does stand up. I feel like if she did improv. Maybe that's why she's like always on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, probably something like that. Oh, comedy's fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else that jumped out at you? Hmm. Trying to think through the movie. I feel like we hit all the major scenes. It's not. <laughs> it's not the most complicated film. Mm-hmm. I did really like the way it was filmed. Yeah. Like, uh, there was a lot of, like, honestly, it felt a little bit, like, acid-influenced. Yeah. <laughs> that's a director's style. I don't know. There's some really trippy moments. I, I think he takes a lot of chances, again, like, throwing in a split screen, and then the whole just weird mental institution dream sequence, mm-hmm. which, yeah, is is oddly like an acid trip, but also kind of reminds me of the opening of Persona by Ingmar Bergman, where Mm. it's just like, just violent clips intercut with other random things, uh, just filmed in this weird style. And I I get that vibe from it, Mm. where it's it's like trying to be super artistic, but also knows that it's a horror movie. So it's like just cuts of like a knife. And just these men standing around the table watching a meal. Yeah. Yeah, that is a weird date night. That's. Uh... Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> it's like it's also a weird moment because we experience the dream through Grace, who's like drugged. So it's it's a weird thing where literally she's under the same spell that they are with a meal, and because mm-hmm. of that, she's able to kind of relate to their experience and enter their experience. 
It's almost like Grace is a third twin. Whoa. She's like a great metaphor for consciousness raising amongst women. Like, don't be Danielle. Yeah, don't be Danielle. <laughs> Get a third twin like Grace who keeps you cool. Yes. <laughs> Has awesome leather jackets. I want the jacket she wears in the movie. She had a great sense of fashion and style. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad about that whole hypnotizing thing. Yeah. All right. So, Ashley, any final thoughts on Sisters? Uh, it's it's just a fun movie. I think it says a lot about race and women and gender and sexuality in just a great campy horror movie way. And I think the best horror movies say something about society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed watching it. I had not seen it before. And uh, I just, uh, I also kind of love any movie where the main character, the woman, is the murderer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, you kind of root for Dominique. (laughs) She kills a a pretty stand up guy, a literal not peeping Tom. Well, yeah, that was a bad on her part, but. (laughs) You know, also, he shouldn't have wasted his time getting a cake. Yeah. Don't go for the cake. Just come back for. No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Come back for fucking. <laughs> and that, that could have been the situation. Yeah. Um, so where can people find more about you and what is going on? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. That's at A-R-A-Y-Y-A-Y. A-R-A-Y-Y-A-Y. That's also my website, areggae.com. You can add me on Facebook at Ashley Ray. Uh, or you can check out my new website, thewildparty.club. Uh, we launched on September 30th. Super exciting. You can head over there and check out some awesome stories and sexy how-tos. Mm, tutorials. Yeah. Yeah, I'm also really excited. Okay, so I don't have HBO, but I love Insecure. Oh, and yes. so I'm so excited to get someone's password to watch HBO to watch, to read your articles. Yes, I should specifically mention the place you can find me every week, which is the AV Club. Uh, over there, I write the Insecure reviews. I'll be doing Blackish reviews coming up this fall. We'll also have Scandal back. Uh, so if you want to talk about some, some fun, trashy TV with me every week, head on over to the AV Club. Yes, fantastic. And uh, we'll have all those links in the info for the episode as well. Ashley, it's been awesome having you. Thank you so much for having me. This was amazing. I love horror movies. Yay! We'll have you back, too, for sure. All right, that's been Ashley Ray Harris. I've been Kristen Lighty, and this has been Bloody Mary. Have a good night.